Welcome to the latest edition in our Tech Matters podcast series. My name is Mark Lubbock and I'm a partner at Brown Runnick LLP. Tech Matters is a campaign that we launched around 18 months ago and we host regular webinars, podcasts and provide timely bulletins on topics and developments in tech law that really matter. As a partner specialising in data protection law, today I'm going to provide an update on the new standard contractual clauses that came into force on the 27th of June 2021. In other words, just a few days ago. You will have seen quite a lot of publicity about these standard contractual clauses. And the purpose of this podcast is to tell you what you need to know right now. So let's take a step back. The purpose of these standard contractual clauses, which are approved under the General Data Protection Regulation, is to put in place a mechanism for the export of personal data from the EEA, the European Economic Area, to third countries in a way that provides protection for the data subjects, which are the subject of the personal data, to enable those data subjects to have the same or very similar protection to that that they are provided under the General Data Protection Regulation. In other words, the standard contractual clauses place obligations on the exporter of the data and the importer of the data to comply with the General Data Protection Regulation and also give data subjects the direct right of action in order to enforce those rights similar to the rights that they have under GDPR. The first question that we need to ask ourselves is when do exporters and importers of data need to put these new standard contractual clauses in their contracts? The new standard contractual clauses came into force on the 27th of June 2021. The old standard contractual clauses will not be able to be used three months after this date. So parties can continue to use the old standard contractual clauses for the next three months, but not thereafter. Standard contractual clauses which exist on that date in three months' time can continue to be used for a further 15 months. So in effect, there is a transition period of 18 months. And practically speaking, companies can continue to rely, therefore, on the existing clauses. But the earlier they start to think about what changes they may need to make in order to put in place the new standard contractual clauses in the next 18 months, the better it will be. The elephant in this room is Brexit, at least for UK data exporters, and the impact that Brexit will have on this process. So under Brexit, The UK has its own form of GDPR, which is called UK GDPR, which has been retained in UK law upon Brexit. But the UK Information Commissioner's Office, which is responsible for the enforcement of UK GDPR, has not yet put in place new standard contractual clauses. It is working on it. And in due course, it will no doubt publish its version of the standard contractual clauses, which I would guess would be pretty similar to those that have recently been published by the European Commission. Until that happens, there's probably no need for UK data exporters to do anything other than keep a sharp eye out on developments in this area.
in order to do that, it's probably a good idea to have an understanding of what changes the new standard contractual clauses have made uh, compared to the old ones. So I'm going to list out the main changes. The first change is that the new standard contractual clauses apply to non-EEA-based exporters, whereas the old ones only applied to data exporters that were based inside the European Economic Area. So there is now no issue in relation to how a data exporter, which is subject to GDPR, can comply with exporting the data to another third country because it can use the new standard contractual clauses in order to do that. The second area which has been tidied up by the new SECs is the question about multi-party standard contractual clauses. Under the old SECs, there were two parties. One was the data exporter and one was the data importer. This was impracticable, particularly for groups of companies where um, there were data flows occurring between different companies, some of which were data exporters, some of which were data importers, and some of which were doing both. And now the uh, new standard contractual clauses allows for the agreements to have many parties. I think in practice, most standard contractual clauses adopted by commercial parties had already assumed this and had adopted multi-party arrangements. But this now clarifies that this is permissible and removes any doubt about the legality of that approach. The other area where the system for intergroup companies has been clarified is the permissibility of a docking clause. Under the old scheme, many companies had adopted the route of having a deed of adherence. So if a new company was created as part of a company group or a new company joined a group of companies by way of merger or acquisition, um, that company needed to sign a deed of adherence so it could join the existing standard contractual clauses arrangements. The legality of that under the old system was uncertain, but now any doubts about that has been removed because so-called docking clauses are allowed, which enable new companies to join an existing arrangement. The third main area where there has been improvements is in reflecting other data flows. So under the old arrangements, there were only two permissible data flows that were covered. One was controller to controller data flows. That's a controller exporter to a controller importer. And the other was controller to processor, i.e. controller exporter to importer processor. The new arrangements contain four modules, controller to controller, controller to processor, processor to processor and processor to controller. And each have slightly different arrangements which reflect the type of data flow and the parties involved. Uh, these are all set out in the European Commission decision. The fifth improvement that the standard contractual clauses make is the inclusion in effect of the requirements under Article 28 of GDPR relating to controller processor contracts. So where a processor is involved, which is 
essentially in three of the modules. The Article 28 obligations, and in particular those which are in Article 28.3, are included in the standard contractual clauses. So if these new standard contractual clauses are used, there's no need to enter into a separate Article 28 contract where a controller is using a processor or where a processor is using a sub-processor. The sixth main change, and this is an important one, is the obligation on the parties to carry out an assessment of the laws of the country to which the data is being exported. This arises out of the SHREMS 2 case, where the European Court of Justice uh, ruled that standard contractual clauses were an effective way of exporting data, but it was nevertheless necessary for the parties to have carried out an assessment of the laws of the country to which the data was being imported in order to ensure that the rights and freedoms of the data subjects would have the right protection. And under the new standard contractual clauses, the parties warrant that they have no reason to believe that the laws and practices in the third country of destination where the processing will occur prevent the data importer from fulfilling its obligations under, in effect, GDPR. So that assessment process is one that will need to be carried out in respect of each standard contractual clause contract. So in addition to the other various assessments, legitimate interest assessments, data protection impact assessments, there will also need to be now a transfer impact assessment. And this is an assessment that is highlighted in a case that is currently before the courts in Dublin, where the Irish Data Protection Commissioner is taking action against Facebook Ireland in respect to Facebook Ireland's export of personal data from the EEA under standard contractual clauses to the US. That case is running through the courts that there may be, and I would say it's quite likely that there will be questions asked of the ECJ, and we won't know the answers um, for quite some time, but they do throw some light on the type of questions that need to be answered in an assessment. And so in this case, the Irish Data Protection Commissioner has asked three questions that it believes need to be answered in respect of an export of data. The first is, in, in the case of US law, where the US law provides a level of protection that is essentially equivalent to that provided by GDPR. The second question is that if it doesn't provide that level of protection, whether the standard contractual clauses can compensate for any inadequacies in the protections offered by the law of the country to which the data is to be exported. And then the third question is if the standard contractual clauses do not compensate for inadequacies in the law of the country to which the data is to be exported, whether any supplementary measures can be put in place in order to compensate for the inadequacies in the protections offered by the law of the country to which the data is to be exported. And I think what the parties have in mind there are measures such as technological measures, essentially unbreakable encryption, uh, where the keys can only be made 
available to the national authorities in carefully defined circumstances which satisfy the requirements of GDPR. So there's still quite a lot of things to keep an eye out here. Uh, as mentioned, uh, although UK law has recently been determined to be adequate for the purposes of GDPR, there's still the issue about what the UK standard contractual clauses will look like. And ultimately, there's the issue about whether the standard contractual clauses, what they will look like when this Facebook litigation in Ireland has come to its natural end. So in summary, um, there's no rush to do anything right now other than keep an eye out on developments. There's an 18 month transition period uh, during which uh, the parties can put in place new standard contractual clauses. And if you're a UK data exporter, it's probably wise to wait until the UK ICO has, this, has published its version of the standard contractual clauses before any further action is, is taken. Uh, but when something needs to be done, it will be important for the parties involved to review their data flows carefully, identify where they are controller to controller or controller to processor or processor to processor or processor to controller and carry out transfer impact assessments, asking the questions that I just summarised from the Facebook case. Uh, here at Brown Rudnick, we are preparing standard form standard contractual clauses for each of the modules, which we should have available very shortly. Thank you for listening to our Tech Matters podcast series. If you'd like to subscribe to future podcasts and events, please do get in touch with me. And you can also visit our website, www.brownrudnick.com to catch up on previous recordings. Thank you.